Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, the pace are bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its low tonight We fought our team through thick and thin and all those boring nights And when the game is done we'll sing a song and talk it out all night Hey, Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow, you are the first team Hi, it's episode 30, season 4 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast My name's Jav, joining me this week, John Steckles from Urchester Good afternoon And Aaron Wolf from Boston. Hello. I should have introduced you as Aaron Wolf, host of the First Time Long Time podcast. Um, <laughs> not very professional. I should have, I should have introduced John as my, as my co-host, but there you go. I'm a little excited, um, as you can imagine. <laughs> caught up um, with, with why, Joe? With, with, I have no idea why. Why? Why indeed? Um, so it's gone. What is it today? Second of April, Easter Monday. Um, yesterday, first of April, 2018. Where were you? Where were you when we won at the bridge? <laughs> what what an amazing amazing day! What a g- glorious day to be a Tottenham Hotspur fan, um, John. I often say to you, I'm not going to. I'll do the reverse I'll, the re- reverse question of, of, of when we have a frustrating day at the office. Um, where did it, where did it all go right yesterday? Everywhere it went right. I think there was winning performances all over that pitch yesterday. It was fantastic. Um, Potts changing it for the second half, perhaps, but a, a superb all-round performance from everyone yesterday. Absolutely brilliant. Can I just ask a question? Does anybody know who scored the last winning goal at Stamford Bridge? Because I've not heard that over and over again in the last few days. It's absolutely. You know, uh, look at look at Potch for that. I think at the end of it, every every one of the players as they went off the pitch went up to him and hugged him and made a beeline for him. Um, it's Potch's Spurs. It's the pride of North London. It, it, just fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I mean, we're going to go through performances and other bits of it, but just superb. Absolutely superb yesterday. It, it, it feels to me as though, like, I'm always on after, like, frustrating defeats. I, the number of times <laughs> I've talked through, like, like, talked about it's hard to break down teams that sit back, and the number of times that, like, that I've been on talking about one-one draws or like you know, last-minute losses. It seems I, I feel so happy. I like almost have nothing to say, right? Like it's <laughs> ridiculous. Like how do you break down a performance as a, essentially complete from the from the manager to to uh, to the bench? It was I. It was something to behold. I was a, a proud day to be a Tottenham supporter for sure. You know the the the, the accusation often labelled at Pochettino, even by um, by our own fans, is that there is no Plan B. That it's tactically uh, he's too late to to react. To, to he makes substitutions too late, etc., etc., etc. Yesterday, you know, okay, we we went a goal down. It was a clanger from Lloris. He should have he should have done better. If you're going to come off your line. You need to be confident enough to know that you're going to you're going to win the ball, um, and if 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 it's if you if you don't have that confidence, you're better off staying on, on your line. But that's it is what it was, and we went a goal down, but we responded in the right way. Um, first half, we got that goal. It was a 
an important time to, to score a goal. I couldn't help thinking, that this is mentioned a few times on, on some of the commentary I've seen, um, some of the highlights today, but I, I, at the time I, I couldn't help thinking, when we considered that first goal, I thought to myself, you know what, two seasons ago we were 2-0 up at the bridge um, in that famous game dubbed the Battle of the Bridge by Dixie work in the media um, that en- that ended up that ended up to all last season we were one nil up we were buffed by far the better team in the first half right just before half time Mendes um, uh, was it no sorry uh, uh, Pedro even um, scored a uh, a goal for Chelsea and that changed the, the course of that game and second half they were the better team and, and they won and this this year I thought Do you know what if we can get get a goal just before half time even if we can go in one nil down and keep it at that I think we I really did think we can come back in the second half we can show some character show something different and it was a fantastic strike and then lo and behold second half I think t- tactically Pochettino got it right um, we we often in that second half looked like we weren't playing with a with a target man, um, first half I think for much of the first half, Sun was playing up top, um, but I think certainly in the second half and even latter parts of the first half, he, he drifted to the right. Um, you had Lamella on the left. It, it was people were taking it in turns, like Delhi making runs in, but we didn't really have a target man, and we changed the way we played. We stretched them, and, and testament to Pochettino for for, for getting it right. I think that's spot on. I think um, one of the the surprising, or not maybe not surprising at this point, but one of the wonderful um, things to develop in Kane's, admittedly much shorter than we thought, absence was this kind of alternate way of playing with with Sun being playing much more of a false nine. And in the first thirty forty minutes, he basically played the Kane role. And so Chelsea didn't have to adapt their tactics. Ultimately, they could still stifle us. Um, But as soon as Poch made that adjustment and we started being more fluid in in the attacking third um, and interchanging and making them question over and over again, who's going to be the one, where's where's the attack going to come from, we we looked very comfortable, I thought. And in fact... um, to me, this this win just speaks. I mean, we talk about it all the time, right? Like the mental fortitude of this side and how the Spursy label has been completely demolished. But there's actually something else to me here that that also that also was squashed. That that clangor from Loris actually started earlier in that move for me. The there was a couple of moments beforehand where Chelsea had sort of tried to hit us on the counter, and we looked very, very organized in defense. We we, we fell back very quickly, um, blocked all of the lines of attack, and and looked excellent. I mean, the whole game we looked excellent. But that but but for their goal, the, what we what we did at the beginning of their counter was that we fell back very quickly. There was no counter press at all, and as a result, Rudiger brought the ball out. Had plenty of space. He came all the way into our into our half, and then made that picked out Moses and set up the cross. And then, admittedly, it was a bad, it was a clangor from Loris. But what happened there was, we anticipated the attack. We fell back way too early. The rest of the game, except for that one ten second blip, we dominated possession. We attacked. We. And then, as soon as we needed to, we 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 pressed until we, 
until they broke the press and then we fell back and defended wisely. It was, I thought, the epitome of Pochettino's Spurs, the expression of what Pochettino is trying to accomplish with this team. And it was, frankly, lovely to watch, um, other than that tiny little blip. I never, and, and at previous times I've, I've felt that fear. I never felt the fear this 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 game. But before I bring you in, into it, John, um, j- just to follow up from what, what you just said there, Aaron, about epi- um, the performance um, epitomizing Pochettino Spurs, um, one other thing which was reminiscent for me about yesterday's game um, was the fact that it, yeah, it epitomized the character and the fight, the determination, the, the, the spirit, all of those, all of those adjectives. Um, but that we saw a few seasons back um, at the at the um, at the Etihad when we won two one away from home. I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about that or reference that game a little bit later. Um, but I thought this was one of those victories where away from home against the top top side um, and. There are two ways of you can play like we did against Swansea, for example, and just boss it and come away winning three nil, or, or or I don't know, let's say Stoke earlier this season, and we scored five, and and it looks pretty on the eye, and and you know people talk about talk talk, talk about the Liverpool team, for example, this season, how they can just demolish teams and, and and whatnot, and that's fine, that's all well and good, but the best teams, the teams that. Are competing for league titles and, and and cups and and whatnot. You've got to have that ability to go to difficult places and and carve out a result and be tactically astute. And we did all of those things yesterday. Yeah. Even even sorry, just to say that even even in the substitution where. You remember um, when we finally won away after years at at um, Old Trafford? You remember that the last I think it was this even the second half of the game, maybe even sixty minutes of the game, we just sat back after we went ahead and just defended and defended and defended, and it was painful to watch. Uh, it was terrifying. We just it just felt like they're gonna they're gonna score. They're certainly gonna score, and we just held on and held on until finally we won. Right. Even in in Pacha's substitution, substituting Kane on the th- on the 60th minute to bring him in and say no 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 they're going to come at us I'm going to put our talismanic striker up up top so that we can have an outlet pass so that we can sit back but we can still make them fear us even that substitution was tactically brilliant every step of the way I mean I you know I know I'm I'm not giving as much to talk about because I'm just basically uh, singing our praises, but it, it was just a, a perfect, perfect tactical uh, individual performance across the board. I, I, I think in the first half, we were, like Jav said, we, we were all playing through Son in that central role as, as Harry Kane would be there. And then Ericsson just dropped a little bit deeper and gave himself the space. He found the space in the first half to get the ball, get on the ball more often. Um, but the whole team showed character, belief, work, and a never di- never say die attitude to get us through that. Um, they, they were sublime. I mean, all these silly little records that we then had thrown in our faces, um, not winning at Old Trafford, not, you know, all... 
another this another one gone and we crossed a little mental barrier today that will kick us on and go on beyond this i think winning a trophy is a much bigger step but putting this one to bed shows we've got the belief to do it and we need to to go on and push on this season and and, and achieve something i think yeah. um but, but i think this season we played much better in the second half of games is that fair um I don't know, does Poch tweak things, look at the game in the first half, tweak things and, and, and change it around for us to, to play better in the second half? I don't know. D- but second half, we were, we were so much better. Do you know what, though? I think, I think that, that we've always, that's always been the case under Pochettino. Last season, the season before, we seem to, seem to be a lot better in the second half in, in, in matches. We're not one of these teams. The only um, game that I can think of was in Pochettino's second season right at the beginning we played Stoke at White Hart Lane very early on August and we were 2-0 up and um, they came back into it and there were a few tired legs after 60 minutes and they came back into it and it was 2 all. <laughs> we're not one of those teams that that starts well and then just fades away and gets tired um, obviously that's you know testament to, to the <laughs> gruelling fitness regime um, that Pochettino puts them under but we, yeah, we we are stronger in in, in the second half, um, not just from a fitness point of view as teams wear out, but I don't know. Maybe you almost wonder whether it's deliberate, whether whether we tactically it's like a game of chess, and you know we we strike it st- striking at the right time. We're almost relentless. We just don't stop. We just keep, you know, we just keep on going and keep going. There's, there's, you, you'll see teams fail, like you say, teams fade, legs go, heads go. But we, we, we were yesterday. We were relentless. We just kept going. We, apart from the, the first goal, Davis left Moses in a wide open sea. Sorry for the Moses reference at Easter. <laughs> and, and I'll make another one a Christian at Easter. Come on, there's loads. There's loads out there if you want to find the puns in it. But Davis left. Moses in so much space to put that ball in you know there's there, I think there's a, a three three or four players made errors in that build-up um but to to go one nil down at Stamford Bridge where uh, and then come back and win 3-1 for, uh, uh, unbelievable unbelievable um really was really really good I wonder how how much a role I mean, this is pure speculation but I wonder how much a role the Juve loss played in this, you know, that there was a sense that, you know, having lost to Juve, having lost essentially the tactical and mental battle there, it, uh, if if there was, if the team talk at the at, at the half, or if if just Poch's approach to the game would have been, uh, you know, altered a little bit, because this is the sort of game, this sort of circumstance where, you know, we we come, we pull level uh, right before the half. That's narratively speaking you know all the pundits will say that's the perfect time to score right but we went going up 2-1 at the bridge you, you could kind of feel this is this is the sort of scoreline that would that they turn around against us i didn't fear it but one could see it you know a, a mentally weaker team a tactically weaker team this would you know they a chelsea would come back and they would they they draw level or they'd at least uh, or they, they'd go ahead. And I, I wonder what role, having sort of been out Fox, how to, out, out mentally played against Juve, what kind of role that played in just basically saying, no, 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 we have to go for the jugular. We can't relent. This is, this is it. If we don't, if we don't go up, up 3-1, 
you know the the game is effectively lost. I think on on the one hand, um, Pochettino is the sort of man- manager that will live and die by his principles. Um, he has a certain way of playing, and he will persevere and persevere, and and that's why it's, it's funny when often. When we get accused, or he gets accused of not having a plan B, possibly, and even by our, our own fans and 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 whatnot, you look at other teams, City, Liverpool, they have a plan A, and when plan A isn't working out, do you know what they do? They revert to plan A, and they just keep going and they keep going and they keep going, and they'll break you down. and 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 I think we do that to to, to some degree, um, but. Um, you still have to be show at least some element of flexibility and and learn from learn from uh, previous defeats, um, whether that be you you know Juventus at home um, or, or United away early, earlier this season when we got outdone by a long ball. Um, I think certainly I, I I'd like to think that that the players would have learned from that and and that will bear fruit whether it whether it difficult to prove whether it bore fruit yesterday we don't know we'll, we'll never know but if it didn't yesterday it, it will at some point further down the line what's what's certain is this is a group of players and a manager that, that have learnt they do learn you go back to that defeat against Newcastle two seasons ago at the end of the season and how we, our season fell apart we should have secured second we didn't make those same mistakes last season we- even talking of plan A and plan B, I mean, even if you look at the bench, there was a moment uh, when when the, the camera panned across the substitutes, and I thought, for the first time in a very long time, partially because of Kane's absence, there was or injury rather, there there was there were multiple game changers on the bench that at, 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 if the game hadn't gone the way it went. There was still options. There was a plan A. There was a plan B with 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 Kane coming on. There was a and altering this tactics. There was a plan C with with Mora on the bench. There was even Aurier and and, and Rose that could come on. And th- those are all players that really could impact the um, the game. And when we think back to the first couple of games of the season, and even at times last year where our substitutes, we just didn't have that at all. We'd have maybe one or two, but. Often it was okay, you know, sixty minutes. Sun, sun will come on, and and he'll run at the defense a, a little bit. And if that doesn't work, well, we'll hope Kane does something magical, right? But now I feel like there's there's tactically, but also um, player wise, there's there's options in in every position in every sort of tactical setup. And that's that's another thing to just be grateful for Poch and be grateful to um, to Levy and the board for 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 providing. That's a fair. That's a fair point. I mean, yeah, you're right. The the bench and the the progression within the team has been immense without spending great deals of money. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. It, what if it? So you're right about being speechless, Aaron. You really are. Um, <laughs> you know, across the team, there was, there was season's best performances from from nearly all the players they completely raised the game for that one it's it, you know and sometimes it is harder to praise and 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 give the due respect to them than it is just to go well he was shit and he did a bit wrong and that was fucking crap so yeah it, do you know what i mean it, it is it's well i wonder who was your unexpected man of the match like 
obviously Delhi with the brace and you know and 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 Erickson was was great but I'm wondering like who of the unsung kind of <coughs> quieter excellent performances who 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 would you call out um they, there's two Lamella for one um when you think what he's come back from his hips the tra- the tragic injury to his brother which left him in a wheelchair he could have disappeared and and never played again and just uh, just been written off and it would have been it would have been sad um but he's a warrior he, he was yesterday he was an absolute warrior he's never hyped on the pitch since he's come back he hasn't shirked he's always looking to take responsibility mm-hmm. always looking to try and make something happen he doesn't hide on the pitch um lamella for me was you know epitomized him and how he he was playing he he he's better than he was playing when he before he got injured for me he's he was superb but if you look through it, i thought sanchez was superb yesterday yeah. apart the missing the header um he put hazard off on more than one occasion he's such an imposing and powerful player for a 21 year old i mean we, I, I'm not going to say any more because we're probably going to come on to him a bit later on. But again, he was brilliant. Jan was fucking fantastic as well. You know, you know they, they, they were, they were, uh, for a man, they were superb yesterday. They really were. I, what about yours? I would concur with that. Um, Delhi and Ericsson will get all the headlines. Um, but Lamella, for all the reasons you said, I'm not going to repeat them. And and Sanchez was superb as well. And I think he had Hazard and Morata in his pocket. Um, and he he was just he, he, I, look. I've been critical of um, of Sanchez slight, ever so slightly a few weeks ago, and I still maintain some of those criticism. But I thought yesterday he showed a maturity in his performance and I think he was he was superb and the, the more that he plays now in a back four remember at the beginning of the season he started in a three the more he plays in a back four with Jan the better he's going to become well, he's, he's going to f- he's already forging a, um, a relationship there um, and he'll, he'll, he'll become better that, that's he was superb yesterday yeah I mean, we all know that I'm that I'm a Lamella, Lamella uh I don't even have to be a Lamella apologist anymore. I can just be a, a Lamella uh, super fan. But I agree. I think the unsung heroes, or perhaps sung heroes of of the game, were were our our, our defenders. They just looked so assured. Aside from that one moment, they looked so assured in defense. And we will come on to it. But uh, Sanchez is quite a player. Hmm. All right. I think give Sanchez another season and he's going to be knocking on Ledley levels of, of player. I really do. He's actually, he's, yeah. he's superb. He's very, very good. Very, very good. But next to Jan, Jan's a Rolls Royce of a defender. <coughs> yeah. And, and unfortunately, we, as long as Hugo's there, he's never going to be, be it. But I think he should be the captain of the team for me. And, and Dyer also, you know, it, it should be said that the times when Dyer was dropping in to to play and and, and play right in front of them, uh, I wonder what role. Also, this is pure speculation, but he he had the he was the skipper of the England squad uh, against Italy, was it? Yep. And and I and I just watching him sort of organize the defense and 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 shout out and keep everybody you know organized. He this that's. I've been. I, I don't know if I've been as vocally critical as I felt of him uh, this season. I don't think he's had his best season with us, but uh, he did very, very well, and particularly in that role as sort of marshalling, marshalling the defense uh, from right in front of it. 
he he was Dyer was very much an unglamorous contributor yesterday to the game. Yeah, yeah. He 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 just moved around that pitch, broke down the attacks, kept the ball moving, and then it, like you say, he could just drop into that when we needed it, just drops back into the middle of the defenders, and you've got that cover. It's it's yeah. a you know, you want plan A and B. You've got it in your defence in your midfield there. He can push forward, you know, and then that ball for Delhi. Ha! <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, that was Toby-esque, surely. Beautiful, beautiful. But I mean, even Dembele, he had a few wayward passes yesterday, but he had William in his pocket. And I was talking to the Chelsea fan Danny at work, and I was saying I'm wondering which Chelsea player is going to come on and do us. And I thought William. William's been playing really well. He's he's in, yeah. in a in a bit of form, but. You know, he's never got out of Dembele's pocket yesterday. He had him all game. Him and Dyer yesterday, they bossed that, just broke that down and bossed that completely. Absolutely brilliant. He was completely anonymous yesterday. There was times where yeah. I forgot that he was on the pitch. Yeah. There, there, there was a lot of subpar performances from from the the, the slags yesterday. There really were. Yeah. Um, but but I, th- I think some of that is still testament to, to the way we played, and like I said yes. earlier, the fact that you know Sanchez and, and you mentioned Dembele and, and Dyer, the fact that that they they controlled players like Hazard and Barassa and Willian, who who always seems to do quite well against us. Um, I think most of their threat I've early on in the first half, particularly came from um, uh, Moses and the the murderer um, at left back. Um, they they kind of they kind of targeted um, Trippier and Davis those positions they they they, they were kind of targeting those yeah. I think they had they had definite game plan to to target those two players and and try and get the, the ball through them. If there was one criticism I would say of us particularly in the first half would be that at times I felt Davis was a little bit isolated and he could have done with a bit of help and that they they exploited that. Um, with, uh, with with Moses and and on and on, and on the right hand side, um, uh, the um, I'm not going to mention his name, but um, the the murderer, um, he 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 had a few chances on on, on the left. Um, on, on, and, but when, you know that's another thing that that was sort of taken care of in in the tactical change at the half when Sun switched over, he was doing much more tracking back. Uh, then I think um, it must have been Lamelo had been and and uh, Alonso was quieted. Their their attack was pretty much nullified. Just uh, just on Dyer, um, there's there's always this, this sort of debate I often have with, with Spurs fans. What's his best position? Some people say midfield, some people say at the back. And yesterday it was quite telling. We we started up we we started with a back four and him and Dembele sitting in front of that back four. And often when we've played Chelsea in the plot recent past we, we've few occasions we've played with a three and we've tr- tried to match them and yesterday um as you mentioned Aaron we had Dyer starting in midfield but then dropping back um in, into a three so we we didn't necessarily have to start with a particular formation we had the flexibility and the personnel to switch it around at different times um so quite fluid in that respect and arguably that's probably Dyer's best position at this moment in time I, I still think in the end he'll end up as a center back but I think his ability just to play just in front in a midfield position but just in front of the um back four and then to drop back when when needed and and form a three is he does that very well um for us and i I agree and it's a unique situation that we have and that we should be taking advantage of you know i often hear uh 
you know, in the conversation surrounding Toby's retur- return from injury, at, at the time when it was looking more likely that he was going to return from injury, there was this constant conversation about do we return to the three so that Sanchez and, and Toby and Yan can play, or do we do we stick with what had started to be working again, which was that 4-2-3-1? And um, I'm of the belief... And I continue to be of the belief that this that our four two three one is unique in the league right now because of Dyer. And when Dyer plays, his his sort of ability to transform the two the two central defenders into a three, but then also come out and 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 boss the midfield. That's a situation that not many teams have that level of fluidity. Um, I I prefer this system where we tend to. We have the ability, at least, to win the midfield battle, and and have out and outnumber the midfield. Um, but then, at the same time, if if we're being countered, we can fall back into that th- uh, three defenders, and um, if need be, on a situational basis, we can change the we can change the the tactical setup without having to make a substitution. I I imagine we're going to see this for some time. Uh, even 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 if and when we we have a third healthy central defender. Mm. Um, let's talk about the goals, shall we? Um, <laughs> John, um, you had a question. Um, which was better, Delhi or Ericsson's goal? I presume you mean yeah. Delhi's first goal. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the best goal in terms of the time and impact, I think, was Christian's um, coming out of nowhere like he did just before uh, half time. Unbelievable. Um, I mean, the, the, the com- all the commentators are saying, "Oh, the keeper should have done better." Should, keeper should have done better. But the more you look at it, the more you, I'm just like, how the hell did that go in? It was unbelievable. I think it, I read somewhere it was 80 odd miles an hour or something. It's the kind of goals that we would concede from them throughout the years, and it, it, you know, it was a, I was out of my seat. It was a bolt from the blue, and it was beautiful. But you know, Christian scores goals and make goals in big games and he's now getting to that bracket of one of the world's best midfielders really I think he's surpassing Modric when Modric played for us if I'm honest um, but Delhi's goal the pass from Dyer, the run the touch the finish are utterly utterly sublime they shut a lot of salty journalists and England fans up you know <laughs> really did just brilliant and it also it was pure instinct he, he as soon as that he got that first touch on that ball he didn't have to think he just knew he had to hit it and every time i've watched it it um surprises me how early he flicks the ball in the back of the net i was waiting for it to come down and for him to drive it in the goal rather than flick it in midair it gets better and better every time you watch it i'm gonna say delhi's one was better for me that's quite a statement we have a on on delhi's goal firstly in many ways it was reminiscent when i when i saw him break through before before the ball hit the back of the back of the net, once I saw the long ball and I thought, oh, Delhi's going through, he's going through. It was reminiscent of many of the goals he scored, particularly in his first season. Not many, yeah. but a handful where it was yeah. a, a long ball from Alderweireld. I remember against West Brom away and Everton away. Possibly there might have been a few others, um, except for the fact that this was even better. Um, obviously, it was Dyer with with a long, part, beautiful pass to pick him out, but the execution, the technique. Um, was was second to none, and the other the other thing is we, in in this country we have a tendency to, particularly recently, um, to want to play football. Teams come in, spurt, as we do at City, obviously, um, to play the ball. 
from the back, which I'm a, I'm a big fan of. And that's fine, and 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 there's nothing wrong with that. And that's the right way to play football. And long may it continue. But there is nothing wrong with occasionally hit, hitting a long ball and mixing it up. Um, no, if you if you're hoofing a long ball in the way that um, dear old um, Wimbledon used to, um, for example, or, or many other teams in the 80s and and earlier, even even in some of the 90s, early 90s, where you're hoofing it to a target man and he's there to flick it on, and it's all about percentages. No, fuck that shit. But if you're if you're playing somebody, if you've got a ball playing centre half in out of Arald or um, uh, uh, Dyer who can pick out a pass. And then you've got somebody at the end of it, like Deli Alley, who can just control it and just put it into the net that quickly. As you, as you mentioned, that takes technique. That that's that was a quality finish. Yeah. I think I think uh, both finishes were perfect summations of the players. Ericsson's this, which on you know. At first blush, it looked like this just complete smashed rocket. But then in the replay, you see that it's knuckling, that it's moving and dipping and uh, just grazing the top of the of the the bottom of the top of the uh, crossbar. You know this this kind of finesse and power. And with Delis, it's just audacity, right? It's just like it's just him in a nutshell. This kind of the number of times we've seen that exact situation with him this season where but it's come off of his toe and 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 gotten away from him and he's kind of put his head down and then re- recycled the the play right but this time that that it came off and that it worked it, and it's just clever and and um and audacious uh they're perfect they're perfect examples of who these players are i they were they were lovely for me Ericsson's is better because because of the timing and because of how loudly I screamed and the the curses that I accidentally taught my five-year-old son. <laughs> I nearly dropped his... lunch. <laughs> wife had just served up roast lamb with all the trimmings and I was carrying it back uh, to sit down and watching and nearly dropped it. I screamed so much. Don't uh, forget that I... first goal came from Delhi chasing a lost cause. Yeah, that's right. Gone that's out, right. You know? Well, that first goal, was it Dyer that had put a lot or, or Trippier one of those I think put put a long ball out that Trippier yeah and it's funny the somebody to, to the right of me said oh fucking hell you know well that's, that's a shit pass blah 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 and you're sort of thinking well okay so he, he hasn't got it right you know <laughs> what do you expect you put perfection every every time and, and and the irony of that was yeah Delhi kept it in and it was from that 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 Ericsson scored do you know that I think that this is it's funny those crosses when we go we we have this like this this thing that happens a lot the fullback to fullback cross basically and I'm starting to wonder if that's not a a, a Pochettino play you know where it's a cross that everybody all of the all of the defenders come uh, get compact because the cross is getting whipped in and we're all, you know, we've got Kane or we've got various people attacking the box, but the, it goes through to the other fullback who finds himself in tons of space and then tends to create a really good chance off of that. And I'm, I think that was, I'm starting to think that those are deliberate, that, that Trippier's cross was in fact a very, very astute switch of play that um, fell apart, but then Delhi's chasing it, turned it into something else. I mean, Harry, we got the, uh, Harry Kane scored his wonder goal against Arsenal where he bent in from the corner of the box by chasing a lost cause. 
and that's the thing you you know never say die never give up keep going you know most players are it's going to go out for a corner we'll take that no no keep going because most of the, the other players will have stopped they won't expect it to be, still be in play and you catch them off guard so you know that, that kind of perfectly play but yeah that long ball across field yes i can see that i mean it, it, it's, it's tactical genius yes of course it is we can say, <laughs> we can say that now it's it's never an accident. It's always planned, and we're yep. just that's the best team in the world. That's all. That's <laughs> I, ultimately it, what it is. Do you know what? It's really difficult to, to pick which one is better. I mean, I'd have to go for 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 Ericsson's just because of the wow factor. But then Lamelo's ex- you know Dyer's pass, Lamelo's execution, and then the glory of going two one up as well. Um, I tell you what, all three of the got. In fact, once the second one, second goal went in. Um, I had trouble staying in my seat. Um, people were just... There, there was a guy um, stood behind me. I was in, in the upper tier. There was a guy at Chelsea. There was a guy stood behind me, and he was a big lad, and he went flying over me into the row in front. Um, it, people were just... <laughs> it, it was just mayhem, and I've got bruises and, and a gash and whatnot this this morning, but the, it was still well, well worth it. Um it's it's funny. Ericsson's goal just before that, he had a shot, um, yeah, as well, which uh, testing the keeper. One famous British prime minister once said that um, every prime minister needs a willy, and um, Chelsea had their willy in goal yesterday. Willy Caballero, and one thing with him was that he, some again guy on the right right of me said well you know he must be shit if city let him go we need to test him a bit more we need to test him we need to take some shots and lo and behold we had one shot i think from ericsson earlier just before that goal and that tested him and then then that fantastic um goal which by the way i think if if courtois had started i don't think he would have he would have saved that saved that or for that matter either of the other two efforts conte um, came out after the after the match apparently and said that that Courtois would have, which seems well, Conte's I, a cunt. Yeah, seriously, what a shitty thing to say to 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 your about your your backup. I mean, that's that's so, 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 can you ever imagine Pochettino saying that about a, a, a Vorm or something like that? It's not it's it not like... it's not only a shitty thing to say. It's plainly not true. I don't think Courtois could have certainly could have could have saved um, Ericsson's goal. That was no no keeper would have and. No. And even the second goal, I don't think I don't think a keeper would have got got a hand to that. Um, he, he hit it so quickly, um, Delhi yeah. took it down that Conte's a bitter old man. Um, I have a question about the third goal. Did you experience it the way I experienced it? That the l- rules of physics and the and the nature of the universe seem to to <laughs> fail. Like time slowed down to an almost an imperceptible pace, and I I felt like I didn't breathe or move for what must have been about two and a half hours while the ball just sort yeah. of bounced around the box. Yeah, I know the feeling. Except I I just thought it's not going to go in. It's not come on. Get it in. Get it in. It's not going to go in. It's not. It, get it in. Fucking get it in. And it went in. <laughs> Um, I love a goal mouth scramble where the ball ping pongs around. But even Ali's touch to turn to to get it under control and put it yeah. in was sublime. But the, the thing is, if 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 Son had looked up, there was um, Lamella and others There's waiting for that. Yeah. You know, there were those passes on there. So uh, if he'd got his head up and had a little look, it would have gone in. But no, I, I'm 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 going to disagree, and I'm going to say that that Delhi's first was the better goal for me. 
Okay, so we had a couple of questions um, around yesterday's victory. Well, one from Colin Manetto. Um, Dyer and Lamella seem to be out to cut Achilles at times. How important is that edge to the way we play? Uh, yesterday against Fabregas, I think Lamella made it his personal big business to niggle the little balding Spanish pendeco all game. He's a proper nasty little git, isn't he? He's a lovely wind-up merchant, um, a, little, a, a, a little aggressor. He's he's superb at doing it. You know, he did it. You know, he he wound up the uh, the Arsenal players at, at full time when we played them as well. Mm. You know, the, to nonchalantly knee Fabregas in the head and make it look innocent, and then you know get out there. He's genius, Snide. I love him. I love the way they wound him up all game. Superb. And that, that's the thing. Once you get under a player's skin like that, they can't concentrate on the game and they can't play. It was absolutely brilliant. Really good. I, I, you know, I said for what well, throughout his uh, injury, I've said, and and in general with with Lamella, I've said that the 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 backup that we most need is a player like him. When he's not in part of the team, we don't have we have that edge in various places, but he brings it incessantly and nipping at heels and tireless sort of I mean it's yes when he, all of those those kind of edgy moments against Fabregas I love right and I think that's fundamental to how we play but it's those are expressions of the fact that he is centimeters off of off of whatever player he's he's pressing constantly he is constantly nipping at at them and and that edge that type of pressing that type of defending from Dyer as well I think that is become fundamental to how we play and I can't tell you how much I love watching it I tweeted during the game every time Hazard gets gets fouled and Angel gets her wings like that's what it feels <laughs> like to me like literally I couldn't be happier not because I want to see anybody get injured or get hurt but obviously no one wants to see that but because we we are not going to be bullied anymore and and we're doing it without somehow becoming bullies we're just standing up we're we're showing who's boss we're 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 doing it doing it the right way there could have been more yellows in the game but there was only one yellow the entire game for us so you know uh whether or not jan's challenge on 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 um, hazard probably should have been but regardless i think i think it's absolutely fundamental and i think um long may it continue Another question from someone from Sam Moore. How does today's win at Chelsea rank in your favourite Spurs wins from the time you've been supporting the club? Ooh, ooh. I mean, there are there's. It's got to be right up there. Um, I'd I, I put it up there. The, the time we first beat him at the Lane when Lennon scored, uh, the five-one versus Arsenal as well. Um, the two-one versus the Arsenal at the Lane with the Danny Rolls screamer. Um, the Inter Milan taxi for Mycon game it, it's kind of up there with those for me I mean none of those had, had you know they're, they're not any glory or trophies or anything like that but in terms of just pure theatre and football enjoyment I think it's up there it's it's fairly high for me but uh, the, the uh, was it 5-3 against Mourinho's Chelsea a few years ago yep. that that one still looms larger in my I just just thinking of Chelsea wins that one somehow still uh is is larger in my mind just because of of how how 
transformative it felt as a win. Um, and even this season, I can you know the the Real Madrid game and the and the the first Juve game were were, were pretty spectacular. But this is this is absolutely uh, it is a good time to be a Spurs supporter. Absolutely. Um, there's so many games over, over the seasons uh, that we've won that have been standout games. Um, the ones that the ones that you mentioned, John, um, the five three certainly as well, Aaron. Um, I, I'd put this up there t- certainly in terms of away away matches and away games that I've been to. This would be up there. But the one game that slight, still slightly for me edges it that I went to was um, I referred to it at the beginning of the pod was City away a couple, yeah. couple of seasons ago. There was some I don't know what it was. There was something special about about that game. I mean, there were two. Yeah, again, it was it was a, a game against one of the top four, top five, top six, whatever you want to call it. And and our, and our results against those teams away from home haven't been great. That I think that one was the. Apart from yesterday, the last time we, we we won away from home against one of these teams was City, I believe, that that very game. So, with that in mind, and with the whole, well, sorry, gone. No, I was just I'll just say that that I, I think there's an element to that which is this this win felt late, almost like when when the City win away felt like uh, establishing our bona fides as. A club to be reckoned with, mm, yeah. and as a as a real threat for the for the title and a threat for the for the to to be so solidly top four places. This felt more like a shedding off of the last little um, curse, you know. That oh, if we don't win, we may, maybe we'll never win at yeah. Stamford Bridge. Maybe it's just one of those uh, things. It, it didn't feel to me a, a marker of our progress as much as it felt like as a. Thank God, I finally took that shit that I wanted to take. It's not. I know that I'm. I'm a, I know that I'm able to move my bowels, but it's, well, it feels good no matter what. What? Right? A, what? 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 What a, what a joyous image! A shit and Chelsea and, Ch- and Chelsea in the same sentence. It couldn't be more more apt. No, I, 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 totally, I was. I was basically about to say the same thing. I, I totally agree with you. That that win against City was a. Uh, watershed moment is that the right phrase? It was it was it was, yeah. it, was it was a turning point um, with two evenly matched teams. Possibly at that time they were slightly or they were considered slightly better than us, um, and that was nobody expected us to, to go there and, and, and get a win, and we did. And and it was at night, and I think the winner was slightly later. So all of that added to the emotion and and slightly edged it for me. That being said, yesterday it it was a rare win against. Um, a, a top, whatever four, five, six team away from home. It was also the first win in twenty eight years. It was Chelsea, London derby, etc. So all of those made it sweet. But I, I take your point completely. It, it, this was a game we should have won two seasons ago. Yeah. When 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 we ended yeah. up drawing it last season. Okay, we lost it to one. I, f- I think a draw would have been a fair result. You know, this is a game that we were well equipped to win a few seasons ago, and we didn't. And it's still a, it's still an amazing day. Listen, first of April, twenty eighteen. That's going li- to live with me forever and ever. Um, right, in the second half of the podcast, we'll, we'll look to the Stoke game and finish off with a few more questions. Discuss Toby's contract status. But before we do, um, Spurs ladies have been back in action last week. They've had a couple of games. Um, so here is Bex with this week's Spurs ladies update. 
Hi, it's Bex. Uh, to let you know what's been happening in the world of Spurs ladies. It's been a, a, a bit of a weird week. So, first time in a month that the girls have played competitively. They've had some friendlies in between. And for anybody that is unaware, their last game, they ran out 6-0 winners. But that was at the back end of February. They played last Sunday, the 25th of March. That was up all the way up north at some place called Doncaster, where they played Donny's Bell, Donny Bells. And... Lost 3-0, sadly. However, as ever, Karen Hill's manager said um, onwards and upwards after that. The girls will always learn a great deal and it's good for them sometimes maybe to not do so well in order to improve their progression. Their next game was scheduled for last Wednesday uh, against Millwall Lionesses. That was at Chesson, um, an evening game that was actually called off because of bad weather. So that game is still held in hand. And then yesterday, Sunday, the 1st of April, they played Brighton and Hove Albion all the way down in Brighton, which is a lot more local to me. I get where that is. But sadly, walked away 2-0 losers. Next game is scheduled for Thursday the 19th, and that's in Oxford. It's a 19.45 kickoff. Another tough one for the ladies, I think. The result from the first match against Doncaster leaves them 8th in the league. Um, it, it's hard to gauge. I would still say that Karen and the rest of the team would take that, given that it was a promotion at the end of last season. It's, however, still hard, I think, for the team to hold on to, given that they've played some really good matches and yet they're still where they are. But again, it is a progression. Um, just for, to give you some balance, Doncaster Bells are currently top of the table and Millwall are second. So, you know, Brighton are equally a fourth. So they have been playing the top end of those teams. Anyway, I can't think of anything more to say, so thanks very much. If you want to get hold of me, I am on Twitter at Bunches Bex. Cheers, thanks, bye-bye. Welcome back to the second half of the Tottenham Hotspur family podcast. Thank you, Bex. Um, we've got Stoke next on Saturday. Um, they're second from bo- bottom. They've got a shit manager. They had a shit manager before that. Um, we tend to go there and win 4-0, 4-0. Predictions? Are we going to fresh four nil. Four nil. I think we're going to get a repeat of the scoreline um, at Wembley earlier this season. I think which was five one. I think I think we'll go there and win five five nil probably. Yeah, it it will be by four goals or more. Uh, again, they're they're absolutely woeful. Um, they, they may have survival to play for, but the, the confidence that we have now, I don't think that we'll have any problems. Do you think? Do either of you think he'll he'll change it much, Pochettino? The the the, the, the starting eleven. Kay might start, and I think he might change the uh, the fullbacks, perhaps. Maybe, yeah. I uh, I would not be surprised to see the same lineup and and have Kane come on again. It all depends, obviously, on how how the training goes, but. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I wonder, you know, at the end of at the end of last season, he wasn't rotating the fullbacks week to week, right? It was still only um, when there was a midweek game. Yeah. So I wonder, I wonder what we'll see, particularly with the city uh, and then Brighton and then uh, United. Kind of that that's a busy week coming up. So it'll be interesting to see what he does. I'll just say this about Stoke, which. You know, the saddest part for me about Stokes' demise, basically, is that I they used to be such an evil club. It was so fun to kind of not fear them, but just know how miserable a game against Stoke could be. That was that was part of the magic of you know 
to me that was part of the magic of the of the of the Premier League, and it's. I just was want to say, you know, a moment, a mo- pouring out a, a bit of my coffee for Stoke City. Not that they're going down, which I, you know, it's fine, but uh, it's just it's too bad that they're going down, not as um, you know, cruel, shitty Stoke, but as sort of just who cares Stoke. Um, that 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 feels to me to be a loss. There's not there's not quite that. Um, edge to them and 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 with the, with the death of their edge it comes a bit of a death of of uh that's that type of team in the premier league there's not too many that are really fun to hate that aren't in the top six yeah um anymore i, I, I sort of understand or share um what you're saying or the, 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 but i think in a sense that when when that happens to a team whether they're a footballing team or whether they're a team that just What's the phrase? An anti-footballing team, you know. That that every team's got a particular way of playing, an identity. Okay, when that identity goes, I think it's always sad. I think it's just like, yeah. what happened to that? You know, and and I think with teams like Stoke that are poor, when that happens, I think their time's up. It, they, it it's run yeah. the, it's run it's run it's run the course and all happen is they'll they'll get relegated, um, you know at best they'll it'll be a team that avoids relegation and they'll get a new manager in and maybe that new manager might might start some something new and and and, and create something new but uh, they've they've been flatlining for a long time and under yeah. under Hughes and. You know, that. so what does Southampton, a team that are struggling, do? They hire Hughes. Um, I think this is more about how far we've come rather than the, the death of those sides. I mean, we're we're such a, a different proposition. I mean, what? going back, Stoke, we'd be always fearing Charlie Adam trying to stamp on Gareth Bale's ankles. Um, and and going further back, Leeds as well. Leeds were that kind of team that you always feared playing. But I think this is more about you know teams will fear playing us because we've come so far. And even to the to the extent of uh, of this is now team Arsenal and Chelsea, uh, and Man United and Liverpool, they'll they'll fear playing us because we're such a different proposition. What was um, that? But yeah, come. No, sorry, don't sorry, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, a cold night in Stoke is no no longer the, you know holding the fear that it once did. Do, do you know what? I I went there. I went there two seasons ago. I went there la- last season, and hopefully all things be equal. I'll, I'll go there this Saturday. It's an absolute shithole, right? Their ground is just it's just um, out in the outskirts of no. It's really in the arse end of nowhere. There's nothing there. It's like off a motorway. There's nothing there. There's like a harvester and um, I don't know McDonald's or something, and it's just like the motorway, and it's just a rows and fucking no. no it's, there's nothing there, right? And then you you go in the ground. And for some reason, it's always windy. I don't know why. It's always you can feel the wind. But that being said, the last two games that, that we played there, we won four nil. And particularly the first time I went there, it was a great night. That 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 night, I think Delhi scored two, um, and that was a night that his, his that chance the we've got Delhi um, was being sung in all, all its glory, and we were obviously fighting Leicester, and we thought, hey, possibly we we might. We might do it, but anyway. Um, just on, you mentioned Hughes. What the fuck was that appointment about? It, d- does he have a fetish for red and white stripes or something? I, I, 
I think there's a bigger problem in in well, you know, Pardew's got the boot today, um, and, and it's just teams are desperate to stay in the Premiership and they're desperate to listen to the bullshit of managers. Oh yeah, I can keep you up. I can do this. Blah 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 blah. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw um, Mr. Sherwood come in in some capacity somewhere along the line in one of these teams because it's the same managers just doing a loop and going full circle and going around and getting the same old appointments with the same old clubs that struggle um, season upon season till they go down um, uh, you could even argue there's a, there's a reason for you know cut any anyone underneath the top eight away and have two leagues because what's the point in competing against those because they bring nothing to the league there are a lot of lot of should we say old timers the, the, the likes of um Hughes and Pardew certainly, and um, the manager of Stoke, who, who name it, name escapes me, Paul Lambert. Clement, is it is it Lambert? Lambert. Uh, Lambert. Uh, Clement was took over somewhere. Was it recently? Was that Reading? I think. I think Reading. Anyway, there's quite a few of these, and they all do my fucking head in, particularly Pardew. Um, and and hopefully over over time, somebody will realise that they're a load of shite and 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 not give them a job. And they'll, they'll also maybe realise their own shortcomings. Uh, they're not that good. Um, some of these people, by the way, um, possibly Clement. Some of them are good. Good might be good coaches or good good assistants, but then they're not going to cut it as a man- manager. That that's just life. That's fine. Um, Sherwood, though, I quite like him to get a job somewhere. Just just for the comedy factor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, I think it would would. <laughs> be funny I, it would be funny I find his I mean, press conferences hilarious the bullshit just the amount of bullshit that comes out of, out of his mouth I mean who else is in there in this little merry-go-round you've got Sam Allardyce Big Sam yeah, I was about yeah to Roy, say. Roy Hodgson he's, oh. he's in he's in that little um, like uh, David Moyes is another one yeah. to be no. fair to Roy he, 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 he did keep West Brom up and Fulham a few seasons ago and he might do the same with Palace yeah, it, it, it's this bit, I mean, you know, no wonder like people like Sean Dyche and Eddie Howard put on such a big yeah. pedestal because they're young and they, you know, um, even David Wagner's doing a good job at, at mm. Huddersfield, really, with what they've done. Um, but yeah, oh my word, you know. Okay. It's it. I, 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 honestly, West Brom, whoever they bring in, they, they've, they've got a point for somebody to get them out of the championship or manage them in the championship because it isn't, you know. Yeah. Fuck them. Anyway, um, hey. we did. <laughs> um, right, Toby Alderweireld. Um, let's talk about Toby. Uh, look, I've been really quite—I don't know—positive, confident. Confident is a word uh, over the course of season. Thinking he'll, he'll stay. He'll sign a contract. He'll sign a contract. He'll sign a contract. Yesterday, when I saw, bearing in mind he played a full ninety for Belgium in the middle of the week, and when I saw the the, the team sheet and he wasn't even on the bench. That concerned me, and that was the first time I straight away. My first instinct was, "He's off. He's off." Now I know plenty of others have, have said that, but if I, if somebody who's been so positive about him signing a contract up until now, you know, even if that's foolish or naive of me to to, to be that positive, suddenly thinks yesterday he's off, then it that's not a good thing. And now, twenty four hours on, I've, I've had a little think about it, and and I think well. He wasn't going to get into into the. I know. I know. Maybe in the past, he, he would have been a fit. Toby would have would have been a shoe in for the, the starting eleven. However well Sanchez is playing, but Sanchez is playing so well that I don't. I can't see Toby getting in the team at the moment unless we go go to a back three. 
And if we go to a back three, that means we're going to have to change the way we play and somebody else will, will have to drop, possibly Eric Dyer, who's played well. <sighs> so that's fine. Okay, so he doesn't, he doesn't make the starting 11. Um, and then I thought, well, okay, he should be on the bench at the very least. And he wasn't on the bench. And then I'm, then I'm starting to feel concerned again. And then the other part of me is starting to think, well, actually, there is a, there is a possibility... That he could stay. Look on the back of the victory yesterday, all the things he's come out on social media and, and said. If you follow him on, on, on Instagram and Twitter, he's you know there's all this sort of positive messages and, and coys and, and, and whatnot. Um, on the back of that win yesterday, if we keep winning and we secure, let's say, third place in the league and win the FA Cup, that all of those things could could change the situation and possibly come the end of the season, the club and Toby might fresh out a deal and, and they might be able to meet halfway and then again I'm reminded of the fact that he didn't even make the bench yesterday and that I'm starting to feel depressed about it in the words of the clash will he stay or will he go Aaron would you like to go first um sure <clears throat> I uh I don't know I mean all this is reading tea leaves right we're just sort of trying to figure out based on sort of the signs and the you know phases of the moon whether or not this player is going to sign a new contract um i i my suspicion is that he's going to go um the interesting question to me is uh is that actually as bad a thing as we we probably all feel as that it is and it's certainly not a great thing um but i one only has to look at at rose's return um, and and the way um, Sanchez is playing to sort of see okay, look the it's first of all not easy to come back from injury and play in this side. It's not it's not also easy to come back from being sort of out of Pacha's good graces and find playing time. And there is no man greater than the team. And um, Sanchez is playing really well. Dyer is always an option to come back and play in center back. Juan Foyt is is looking promising. He's not there yet, but we have we have players in the pipeline. And I don't think if he were to go this summer, I don't think we would be looking back at this moment and say, if only we had kept him, we would be better. I don't think we're doing that with Walker right now. And um I don't I don't think yeah I don't think we would do it with him as well. That being said, like if we're just looking at the tea leaves I don't know. I don't know if he's going to go. I don't know whether his his presence on the bench is the uh I mean has I haven't really been paying attention to this, but has Foyt been on the on the bench and uh on the substitutes bench in the previous games? Has there been a center back uh waiting to come on? In our last bunch of games, I think he's been in in and out for us. Sure. It, um, so, yeah, that's that's a fair point. And and, and, and similarly, I mean, with, we with, have. Oh, sorry to, to say similarly, similarly with the, with the fullbacks, it hasn't always been the case that we've had both a left and a right back that's on the right. bench. I mean, you look at you look at 
the way Pacha set up this team, uh, in a in a worst case scenario, in, in the middle of the game, someone gets injured. If 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 Yan gets injured, most likely what would happen is that Davis would would slot in and, and Rose would come on, right? Or Dyer would drop that back and 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 we'd say, say the same. The same thing would ha- would happen for. Uh, for Sanchez, if Sanchez went off injured, most likely Dyer would drop back and Wanyama would come in and replace. So there's, there have always been options, and that's part of how the team is set up. So I'm not sure we can look at his his lack of presence on the substitutes bench as uh, as actually a sign of where he's going to be. But I don't. I think there's the more important fact is that he hasn't signed a contract yet, and that. It doesn't seem like there's any movement on that front, and I, I, my hot take is that I don't think, uh, I don't think it matters anymore, whether or not he signs. I, th- I think the only reason I wouldn't bring him back into the side before the end of the season is stability, because we're playing well without him already. Uh, I think, uh, if I'm honest, I think he's gone. I think um, we found a, a manager that puts his faith in the players that are committed to the team. To the team, the message that sends sends out is profound. There's no fools or passengers within the side. No one's being held to ransom, and that attracts players to us who want to play. Um, I honestly think the only reason that he's probably still with us is because of his injury. Um, if I think don't if you think if he was fit over Christmas, he would have probably gone. Um, I think take your 50 million, move on. We've got his replacement in Sanchez already, and he's playing. <clears> we've not missed him. Do you I think, really do. Do you think, and maybe this is just wishful think, thinking on my part, do you think there is any possibility that, and, and I understand where we are at the moment, that possibly you know, he's stalling on a contract and, and maybe he's not fully committed and Pochettino wants players that are fully committed and, and therefore he's not in the team. I, I, I get that, coupled with the fact that Sanchez is playing really well. But is there any part of you that thinks that possibly, if we say finish third in the league, um, but moreover win the FA Cup, and in other words, just carry that carry that momentum through on the back of that Chelsea win, through to the end of the season, finish as high as we can in the league, and win the FA Cup. Is there any part of you that thinks that that might change his mind? I, what's interesting about that scenario is how that how I would feel about him as a player and as a member of this project um, if that was the case. I'd much rather. If I'm if I'm honest, I'd much rather him sign a contract right now and say, uh, it, "My my representatives were were pushing me to, you know, hold out, hold out. I fired my agent. I've 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 signed a contract. I want to be part of this team. Come what may, right? I think the, the players that have done that, that have committed themselves to this to this to this club, regardless of our state." The, the the current status of our of our achievements those are the players that we want around and uh i i you know i don't think he's a snake yet um uh, i think that if he goes he's going for whatever reason he's going and i i would wish him well but i think that would that would feel dirtier to me to be honest i think um i'd, I'd rather if that was the case i'd rather see him go i mean i think the the one of the bigger issues probably that is on our horizon um, is that if we're not going to be held to ransom for the wages and stuff when people start negotiating, if Ericsson or Kane want a new deal and bigger money, then things might get sticky. Um, but I, I think we take we take the money, 
from whoever. He, he, they won't sell him to anybody in the Premiership, I don't think. And we move on. We take the 50 million quid, potentially another 40 million quid for Danny Rose if he's on his way out as well. And we move on. You know, we're still, you know, the, the club's bigger than the players, unfortunately. Well, not but, unfortunately. It's the truth. But frankly, you pay ransom for um, something that's irreplaceable. And uh, we, we didn't talk about it in the first half, but Davinson Sanchez has begun to show that Toby Alderweireld is not irreplaceable. Uh, he's had... Sanchez has had some blips, and he's not at the levels that 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 Toby has has been at. But he's getting there, as you said, uh, John. That he's getting really, really close. Um, he's played an unbelievable an amount of football for us, and has not shown any signs of tired or mental, either mental exhaustion or physical exhaustion, and. He's only going to improve. He's very, very, very young. So, why would we pay? Um, why would we pay? Pardon me. Why would we pay um, ransom for Toby? You look at a player like Kane, and you look at a player like Erickson, Those players currently are still irreplaceable in this in this side in this in this squad. And um, yeah, if they held us ransom, um, I think we would have to pay. We don't, as you said, we the answer. We don't. Nobody knows what's what's going on behind the scenes, and and it's all second guessing and and reading tea leaves and and whatnot. If if he's trying to, if he's holding the club to ransom, and we're not willing to pay that amount of money to a twenty nine year old defender who's had a few injuries this this season, I'm fine with that. Then 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 we move him on. However, I would like to think that come the end of the season. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fairly relaxed. It doesn't have to be now. It'd be great if it was now, but if come the end of the season, if Toby and the club can meet halfway and they can negotiate a deal that both parties are happy with, that would be perfect. And as good as Sanchez is, and he's going to be there hopefully for the long haul, you know, for the next five, ten years. I still want Toby as well as Sanchez and Vertonghen and Foyth. I, I want that strength and depth, and I don't want Toby to go, really. Um, uh, and it all starts. It's, the hair, it's it, the hair, isn't it, Jeff? Well, yeah, I mean, it, yeah. Um, <laughs> and the pod started on such a positive note, talking about thrashing those racist wankers, um, and then we started talking about Toby's contract. Um, okay, very quickly, we've got a couple of questions. I'm just going to go through these very, very quickly. Conor Meneso, how important would it be for us as a team to surpass Liverpool and or United? Um, just before I bring you chaps in, just for a bit of context, um, at the halfway point of the Premier League season, after just o- or just over the halfway point, after 20 games, we're sit- sitting in sixth, ta- sixth place. We were one point behind Arsenal in fifth. Okay, they had they had a um, they we had a game in hand to them. We were four points behind Chelsea, uh, behind sorry Liverpool. We had a game in hand to them. Um, and then you had United in third at that point, and Chelsea. In second with 45 points so that's what an eight point lead they ha- had over us okay we had the game in hand um fast forwards now to whatever it is the second of april with seven matches 10 games or 11 games on for us with seven games left with eight points clear of chelsea who were second at the time and, and we were we were at that point were eight points behind them fourth in the table two points behind liverpool 
who we've got a game in hand to and obviously four points behind United. Um, back to the question, um, how important would it be for us to surpass either of those, either Liverpool and or United? I'm going to carry on the negativity, I'm afraid, and say that second's the best we can achieve this season. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it, even if we'd have got the eight points that we've dropped at Wembley this season that we'd have had last year if we'd have been at White Hart Lane we'd still be some way off City we got a game in hand versus Liverpool the massive game for us is in City and a, a win would be progression that the cup would be progression I we can surpass Liverpool and I think we can catch United I really do I think we can get second again this season we've got one loss in 21 games since the defeat at Man City and that's the Juventus game that's fucking brilliant absolutely brilliant we can we can catch Liverpool and we can catch Man United as well we we won't catch City unfortunately barring a, you, an you, absolute you, you don't historic think. collapse Come. 20 points no, I, 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 I think it's just a little bit beyond us. A little bit beyond just us. Just a tiny bit. Yeah. So, if, so if they lose to United, and then we beat them in the next game, it's on. It, no. Yeah, fourteen <laughs> points. Yeah, it, it's on. It's on. No, uh, yeah, no. If if it, it, it would be a monument. Honestly, it would be the the thing of 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 folk tale and legend. It and I just can't see it happening. I really. It'd be, it'd be fucking crazy if you did, but it won't happen, unfortunately. Second, we'll get second this season. So, if, uh, where, where, jump, where do you see where do you see United dropping points other than City? Yeah, uh, are, they have they got to go to um, Liverpool or they got to play Liverpool. Uh, I'm just looking it up right now. No, who United? Yeah, I don't. No, the, uh, Liverpool have got to play Chelsea. Liverpool got, oh, to, right, play Liverpool Chelsea. got to play Chelsea. United. Yeah, they've uh, got yeah. to play. Ar- they've got a, they've got Arsenal at home. Oh, there you go. Um, that, that, I, I, I want Arsenal to win. That one. <laughs> <laughs> ah! I, I, honestly, I, yeah, you're right. We're not going to catch City. Although technically, technically, if we, if we won our next seven matches and they lost the next seven, we we would be champions. Um, yeah. I, I've I, just I, been a bit sick in my mouth as well. Sorry. I can't. <laughs> I can't see us. I can't see us getting above United. Mourinho said something the other day about how his team for most of this season have, have been seconds. And you know it's important," he said. "That is that that's where they finish, and they're not better than us. They're a, they're a shower of shite, um, but they have been uh, have occupied that position for most of this most of that season. And I think it will be a tall order for us to just looking at the running, looking at our games, looking at their games. They'll if they lose to City, so that they've got West Brom at home. They should win that. Bournemouth away." That might be tough. They've got Arsenal at home, and then they've got Brighton away and Watford at home, and then I think they've got a re- rearranged game with somebody. Yes, West Ham. West Ham. Okay. Most of those, apart from City, on paper, and I know football's not playing on paper, they should win. Um, we've got City to play. That would put a great onus on us to beat City, and I'm not saying we can't do that, but that would be very difficult nonetheless. And we've got. A few tricky games as well, so I, I don't think we can catch them. I think Liver- catching Liverpool and finishing third is more realistic, particularly if we have a game in hand. But then looking well, at we... their running, apart from Chelsea, they've got some piss easy teams. Yeah, they, they, un- yeah. Un- unfortunately, there's um, 
it, it's it's just going to be about the consistency and, and picking up the points week in week out now to the end of the team to where we finish. Um, but I I can see I can see teams dropping points. I can see us getting a draw versus Man City. Um, but I, I honestly I think we can get second. We'll get second. But I, I think that to answer the question, which is how important is it? I think, I think, um, I don't. I, I'm not sure how important it is. I, I think, I think we'll probably finish third, and I think it, um, surpassing Liverpool, while it is nice, is not that important to us anymore. I think coming in second, uh, being runners up in um, with against Leicester was was. Uh, was important for us and finishing above Arsenal was important for us surpassing Liverpool right now I think it's not demonstrating this kind of progress I think I think going deeper in the Champions League was important to us I think contrary to what I was saying earlier in in the pod I think beating Chelsea away was important to us um, in terms of solidifying and showing our progress as a team Um, this is uh, this is a league this this season that has been infused with extraordinary amounts of money, and I don't think um, I think we needed to. I think we accomplished what we needed to accomplish already in this season. I think uh, we needed to sh- have a good showing playing at Wembley. Um, we needed to we needed to get top four and get Champions League again. And we need to go deeper in Champions League, and 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 we need to go deep in the FA Cup. And whether or not we win the FA Cup, or 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 not, we we've accomplished, as far as I'm concerned, enough to to show that we are we are progressing, and continuing our progress as we move into the new stadium. I think we will finish atop Liverpool. I don't think it's going to be a sign, or will 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 change things. Um, in any way for us, I think looking down at the table and seeing how far we've we've progressed above uh, the other North London team is more important. To, to look at Chelsea and to look at look at the way we've done it is more important than than whether or not we finish above yeah. Liverpool or, or United. No, I, I, I agree with that. I think finishing, by the way, above both of those teams, um, and at the moment we're on course to do that, would would would, would mean we would be the would finish top in terms of the London teams, and the, first, the the last time I think that happened was 1995, um, which was a long, long, long time ago. Um, and the significant, I can't see us finishing above United. Certainly, we could finish third, and that's on. And should we do that? Should we surpass Liverpool? I think for me, the importance isn't so much the fact that we've finished above. Yeah, either one of those teams could could finish above one one or the other. The margins are going to be so tight. Um, if we finish above them, great, fine. But it's not going to define us and w- right. our, our progress this season. For me, the significance will be twofold. One, um, I would love it if we finished above Liverpool and won the FA Cup because other than the obvious reasons of winning the FA Cup because it would mean we've won a trophy Klopp hasn't won a trophy Klopp has again for the second season only finished fourth and all the question marks um, all the questions that people ask of Pochettino hopefully they'll start to ask um, Klopp rather than I I, I live in hope but I I doubt actually thinking about it because certainly in this country the the media are just sycophants when it comes to Liverpool and, and Klopp and 
uh, in particular. The, the biggest significance is if we finish third, we won't have to qualify for the Champions League. There won't be the qualification round. So th- that, I think, we, we it's a great thing in this country. We go on about oh, finishing in the top four, finishing in the top four, finishing in the top four. But yeah, a few seasons ago when we were sort of a fifth place team fighting Arsenal to, to, to or, or, or Man City in, in the early years to, to secure fourth, that was fine. You know, those days I would have taken that because it was a it was a seat at the uh, at the top table for that season now i'd rather do it finishing as high as high as possible because i, I don't want us to go through that qualification round in in, in august um so it, it is very important if we if we surpass at least one of those teams um final question in fact final two questions i'm just going to read them together um ed brad is harry kane secretly the x-man wolverine his miracle recovery <laughs> and healing ability he refers to and then sam moore will harry kane's injury prove a blessing in the long run he missed two england games and should be coming back fresh from the run-in now a few weeks ago when kane got injured against bournemouth um we all probably were, you know, feared the worst and, and whatnot. The reality was, um, obviously, you know, he missed the rest of that game, but we coped without him. He missed a game against Swansea the following Saturday. We coped without him. Then there was an international um, international break, which was which was a blessing in dis- disguise. And then on Easter Monday, the second coming is, has been resurrected. Really, I wasn't worried. I've always said it would be a short-term thing and he'd be back quicker than normal. But it's the same one as as Bale kept getting towards the end of time with us. Mm. Once the initial damage is done to the ligaments, it's easy to bounce back for them. You did. I did Um, did recall you saying that a few weeks ago. I mean, without Kane, I think we had 220 minutes of football-ish. We could score 10 goals. We've won five games. You know, we we haven't missed him at all. We've just kept on ticking over. Um, But it's good that he's fit and and he's... back and he's fresh and you know he's had a nice little couple of weeks off um it, uh, teams will teams will not want to see him on the pitch his name called out or anything like that it's it's a definite fillip for us and, and and a good thing to for the running i wonder how much of this was just gamesmanship anyway you know that the idea that he'll be out for six weeks and this is a terrible re-injury and stuff like that it very well could have been, uh, you know, Poch getting playing mind games with Conte. For this, well, the, for this the, the press, the press were all over. He's not going to go to the World Cup. He's going to be out for weeks, and yeah. we're going to miss him. Blah 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 blah. Just shows never ever listen to any of the crap that they spout, read, or put present or anything like that. My word! I mean, they all wrote Delhi off, and they've all bigged up Lingard as being a better player. What a load of crap that is! But no, it's it's good. He, um, it's not a miracle recovery. I didn't think he would be out that long. I, yeah, there's, there's. You just have to look at where the incentives lie, right? For, for, for information to come out of the club. There's literally no incentive for any club at any time to give any accurate information about injuries. It's just if it, if the injury is worse than it appears, there's no reason for anybody else to know that. And if the injury is better than it appears, there's no but reason for anybody to know that. It's the same with contract negotiations as well, right? Like everything is speculation on all of these all, all these points because why would the club want anybody to know any of this information? Um, so uh, the you know I as long as we don't find out seven years from now that it turns out Harry Kane was replacing his blood with, you know, 
water buffalo clans. blood and, yeah. and, and monkey, monkey clans and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, barring that, I think this is just about gamesmanship and uh, very clever media management from the point of view of, of the club. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I'd agree. But he, 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 seeing his reaction to the goals yesterday from the bench Amazing. Jump, yeah, you know, that's what you want. That's yeah. what you want. Absolutely brilliant. And he came on and he played a couple of passes and crosses that just thought he's not lost anything either. He's mm. he's 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 back on it. So, yeah, more power to him. Did he look? Is it just me, or did he look um, even more lean than he normally does? <laughs> uh, and sexier I, as well, I think. Yeah. <laughs> did he do his hair in a different way, Jab? I, I don't know. No, he looked. Um, he just looked. Uh, yeah, never mind. Fuck it. Okay. Um, <laughs> look, he's had a break. He's fresh. Um, to answer Sam's question, he's, he's, he's yeah, he's going to be back fresh for, for yeah, um, yeah. Gold, um, golden boot this year for him. Well, yeah, that's a big question. Tough ask now. For tough five ask. goals. Yeah, yeah, it's a tough ask now. Well. Wasn't he that far behind Lukaku with with a game left last season or two games or something like that? And he, he just scored seven goals in two games. That's it. Simple. It's, 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 Harry, it's Harry Kane, you know. The only trouble is um, Saleh strikes me as a lot lot better player than or more consistent, should I say, than than Lukaku. And at the moment, he can't can't stop scoring. So um, Harry's going to have to be, yeah, you know, even if he even if Harry scores back to back hat tricks, you could you could see Saleh scoring. Yeah, a, a couple. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's going to be a difficult one for him this season. Um, Does it matter really in the no, in the biggest game really. of these? You know, if we if we win the FA Cup um, and finish third, I'd, I'd be a happy man. I'm sure Kane would be a happy man. Uh, if he, even if he bags the winner, he'll be a very happy man. You know, even if we don't, I think there's no question. You know, Salah's an amazing player, but there's no, there's no question right now in the on the world stage. Who the most uh, exciting striker in the world is right now? I mm. think that's. I think it's. He's solidified his yeah. place in the pantheon uh, um, already. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Um, the next podcast will be recorded on Sunday, day after we play Stoke. Um, until then, Aaron. Firstly, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, John. Thank you, guys. Good to talk to you. And until next Sunday, the future's bright. The future's lily white. Good night. Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, the pace of bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team. My dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain. It's had its low tonight. We fought our team through thick and thin and all those glory nights. And when the game is done, we'll sing a song and talk it out all night. Hey! Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal.